This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Rise above and be in control with today's business headlines, driven by Volvo Cars. 7.48 right now, you're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Melissa Idris with Tan Chung Han and Joyce Go as we take a look at the top business news of the day. Now, uh, just let me tell you what's coming up on The Breakfast Grill first. After the 8 o'clock news, we have... Um, Han, you're going to be speaking to Dato Ong and Bing, the CEO of OCBC Malaysia, uh, to talk a little bit about the current banking landscape. Yeah, look, uh, 2017 was a great year for OCBC Malaysia because they posted their highest ever annual net profit, just under 950 million ringgit. The target here for this year is 1 billion ringgit, okay, oh. for OCBC Malaysia. Okay. How are they going to get there? You know, because obviously, you know, there have been plenty of uncertainties, not just in the domestic space but also externally as well. Can an international bank or this Singapore-based bank, this foreign bank uh, like OCBC weather all those risks we'll find out. And of course when we talk to banks here on the Breakfast Grill we got to talk about fintech, right? (laughs) These guys, OCBC Malaysia they're still looking to add to their brick and mortar uh, branches, right? Why? Given that fintech is all the buzz, we'll find out from Dato Ong Ng Bin. OCBC's been in Malaysia for, I think it's one of the oldest foreign banks here in Malaysia. I think yeah. they have over 40 branches here. It looks like, if Han, you say that they're looking to add more. Interesting. Yeah, they are perhaps older than all three of us combined. Maybe. Perhaps. Maybe. Not going to reveal well, numbers here. But... Well, I'm 18, so yeah. <laughs> in your dreams, Melissa Idris. Okay, more on the banking sector after the 8 o'clock news bulletin. But now let's turn our attention to the aviation sector, specifically Malaysia airports, uh, MHB. They are reformatting the layout of their international airports here in Malaysia. And the layout reset is aimed at increasing their retail space footprint. Yeah, it's interesting. They're looking at, they're targeting to increase the average spending per pax by four times from the current 35 ringgit to 140 ringgit in five years. So I think the revamp that's going to be carried out in stages, starting with Langkawi International Airport, then will be followed by KLIA, KLIA2, Penang International Airport, uh, KK International Airport and Kuching International yeah. Airport. So it's no longer going to be like a shopping mall in the airport. It's going to be like an airport in a shopping mall, maybe. You know? Because we, we are seeing this shift. Yeah. Like, have noticed also like for some hospitals I was at a hospital recently and like the ground floor it's all retail now though it's, well, it's a supermarket that happens yeah. to have some health services <laughs> yeah. right they so even the, have like spas at some at really? some uh, hospitals, the ground you know, floor they have the, the <laughs> they have, no they have massage massages and all that yeah nice all right so so the target here for MHB coming back to them they plan to increase the average spending per packs by four times that's a lot of shopping there in so, five years right yeah in five years mm-hmm. so currently it's like thirty five ringgit uh, they they plan to raise that to one hundred forty ringgit spending per packs in five years. See, I there's a part the, the logical part of my brain gets it right because if you want to um, you know upgrade your international um, airports to say Changi to uh, South Korea to Hong Kong, you need to have that kind of retail offering. You need to have the luxury uh, retail. You need to have you know um, FMB as well. So I get that, but there's also another part of me that just does not want another shopping mall, yeah. especially in an airport. But how many of you guys go to the airport to shop? Though I, I mean, for me, it's you. Well, I don't go there to buy milk, you know, or like buy groceries. <laughs> but like sometimes up, you see grocers in airports. Yeah. yeah. So when you go to the airport, for me, I just end up at Mac- McDonald's or Old Town. 
you know, waiting for for your flight and and not sure whether how many of us actually go to actively shop. But what MAHB is aiming to do is they're aiming to increase income contribution from their non-aeronautical segment of its revenue to 60% from the current 50%. I just wish, you know, they could put more beds where we can take naps or something, though, being the sluggard that I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would like to take a nap before my flight. You're constantly before my... taking naps. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> I like to take a nap before I go on the plane and take another nap, you know. Yeah. <laughs> on the plane? Yeah, on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I think this is really quite interesting because it just um, it's tapping into this kind of uh, global travel retail market, which is expected to reach 125 billion US dollars by 2023, uh, especially within this region. Right, so you know you're seeing lots of travelers already, but how do you increase the uh, not just the aeronautical uh, portion of the revenue, but the non-aeronautical portion as well? Yeah, I mean, we have seen hints of this. You know, when they announced the aeronautical Aeropolis or Aeropolis, however you want to men- uh, pronounce that name. If you be Atas, then Aeropolis. Aeropolis, <laughs> all right. So people from Klang, Aeropolis. <laughs> terrible. Sorry, my fellow Klangites. Okay, but I mean, but the idea is that right. So uh, it's not just the um, aeronautical side of things. Uh, you know, they're looking at entertainment, conventions. Um, you know, obviously cargo and, and the like as well. The idea is to broaden out their their, their verticals there, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of get that. But again, you know, like Mel, you pointed out, given the glut when it comes to uh, the retail space here in Malaysia, mm. you know, but whether or not this will really take off. Ha, ha, uh, so, uh, oh, very nice. Oh, oh, take okay, off. Okay, very very good. Good. But the question is, you've got a captive audience, right? So, yeah. you know, in the airport, people are milling around waiting for their flights, nothing to do. So why not spend a little money, which, or, is, what, which is what Malaysian airports is tapping into? Or yeah. take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking at, at what they're looking, their uh, MHB is looking to do. They they want the revamp to involve a shift in the retail mix with greater focus in high end fashion, F and B, and duty free shopping. And uh, they're going to reduce percentage in liquor and tobacco segments. Yeah, but but Mel, coming back to the comparisons that you made between KLIA and some of the airports, Changi, right? yeah, well, Hong Kong, exactly. So we have some numbers here. If you look at say KLIA and KLIA two, uh, last year they recorded retail sales. This is retail, yeah, of about two point three billion ringgit. Now, granted, it's still a 13% growth uh, on year in terms of spending per packs. But you compare that with Singapore's Changi, last year they registered 8 billion ringgit, right? Uh, okay, maybe I'm at the Singapore dollar thing, but you know, it's still about, what, three, four times above mm. what KLIA and KLIA2 is registering already. So that's a lot more ground to cover but up. But Changi is a whole different level. People actually go there to shop and it, they may not be traveling, but they actually go to Changi to hang out and to date. Yeah, you and, know? and do homework as well. Yeah, yeah those Singapore kids. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, yeah. serious. Yeah. Apparently. Okay. Well, just to to add on to your numbers, Han. Apparently, South Korea's Incheon Airport registers some two point one billion US dollars, and uh, Hong Kong registers one point four billion US dollars. So yeah. they're up there uh, in terms of what they're getting uh, travelers to spend mm-hmm. at their airports. And uh, I guess you know it's a logical move that MHB will be in this uh, moving in this direction. I also saw reports. I can't seem to place where, but you know the idea of having theme parks and kind of leisure um, outside or nearby airports as well, so that you can leave um, within the dis- kind of within travelling distance, but you can leave the airport and go and uh, hang out at a theme park and then come back and catch your flight. Yeah, actually, Changi is very kid friendly. They have indoor playgrounds and indoor activities for kids, and my kids actually want to go to the airport earlier <laughs> to go hang out before the flight. 
So it's interesting, you know, it's making it a destination rather than You're just an airport. You're such a good mom, Joyce. All right, well, let's turn our attention to the UK where uh, we have the government, I think, uh, looking at plans to impose a ceiling on... Sorry, this is in Malaysia, excuse me, other aviation-related news in Malaysia. The government are reconsidering plans to impose a ceiling price on domestic airfares during festive periods. Uh, this is if the current interim plan fails because in September we had the proposal to impose a limit on domestic flight charges during peak seasons and that was dropped. Yeah, so what is the current interim plan? Well, the government instead, I mean, they're looking at instead of opting for um, a, putting a ceiling price, they're offering uh, air carriers to offer more flights to meet search and demand. So the carriers have been given their commitment, have given their commitment to increase the number of domestic flights by at least 20% in high demand routes for a seven-day period on a selective festive holiday. So volume instead of value. Yeah, la. well mm. look, I understand that that some flights can go can get really expensive, right? That the price surge, um, so to speak, during these festive periods uh, can can see sometimes triple the prices that you see on normal days. But I don't like the idea of having this kind of ceiling price mm-hmm. because there's so many variables that come in a ticket price: oil prices, um, the frequency, and you know. Adding more flights on during festive season is a great idea, but whether airlines will have that capacity is another matter. Right, I mean, but we have seen this consistent theme coming out of the government right now, right? So it's not just the aviation sector, telco sector as well, uh, broadband as well. So there is this inter-government intervention into uh, how uh, how some of these private entities set these prices. Right? But I, I think uh, we should make a distinction to some areas that are only connected by uh, air travel. So the rural areas of Sabastrawa. So I think. That we need to make, uh, I think that requires a bit more looking into. However, I do think if, if you're already flying to somewhere that has other connectivity, limiting or putting a ceiling price is perhaps not the best way to go around it. Uh, I, I mean, looking at making uh, other transport more efficient during festival um, periods would also be, I think, a, a a way to help um, people get back home. Well, remember that measure to perhaps stagger the school holidays? You know, do you guys remember that? I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, you know, so there we go. Can, well, can we stagger our annual leave also? How are How you going to yeah, stagger during festive periods? So you don't riot So we have two Christmases per year. So one Christmas <laughs> in July <laughs> and two Chinese New Year's per year. All right. Problem I'm, solved. I just called it. Yeah. All right. Let's turn our attention very quickly, guys, to the UK where they're rolling out the world's first digital tax in the developed world. I think this is interesting because the tax will apply uh, to companies uh, if, you know, when the revenue is linked to UK users. Cause it, so it looks like they're going to tax the companies rather than the con- consumers. Yeah, and this is massive, right? Because this is going to be the first tax, digital tax plan of its kind for developed economies. Now, could this set the tone for other economies as well? Hint, hint, Malaysia, we got budget, well, maybe a bit too late for a budget 2019 because it's only, well, fr- it's on Friday, yeah. 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 This Friday, just a few, a few days, days away. away. But no, moving forward, no, could this set the tone for economies like Malaysia in terms of rolling out the digital tax? Okay, we've got the 8 o'clock news bulletin coming up next on the other side. The Breakfast Grill with Dr. Ong Eng Bing, the CEO of OCBC Malaysia. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. 8.51 right now, you're listening to The Morning Run. Melissa, Joyce and Han here with you. 
Let's take a look at the uh, UK, which has announced that it will proceed with plans to introduce a digital service tax. So like SST, but DST. So the idea is um, they, they want to have this as a temporary measure until there's an international framework that's agreed upon. I find this interesting because it's going to be taxed on uh, the businesses and it's for whenever revenue is linked to the UK users. So it's no, not so much a consumption tax where users cons- consumers are taxed, but more of the businesses, if they're providing services and products to UK users, they could be taxed. Yeah. Well, I think this is a, a groundbreaking move as well mm. because you know this sets the UK on a path of becoming the first developed country to roll out this digital tax. You know, we have been speaking about this on the program for quite a while now. Mm. You know, so many jurisdictions out there are trying to you know find a way to tax these big boys, the Googles, the Facebooks of the world, the Airbnbs, right? Because they are not based in that home country, right? So now with the UK signaling its intentions, what does that mean for the broader world. What does it mean for Malaysia? Because even here in Malaysia, there's been plenty of talk about a possible possible digital tax. But it's different, right? Because that's a... it's not quite the same thing what we're looking at rolling out here is that, or is it exactly the well, same? No, I, I think it could be what we are reading right now and what the tax experts are saying is that it could be consumption. consumption but what UK is doing is interesting because they're looking to tax the businesses and they're expecting to raise about 400 million pounds a year I mean looking at the stats right if uh, like Amazon UK services they made about profit before tax of 72 million pounds they only paid 1.7 million pounds in UK taxes in the traditional uh, tax system. So with this new tax coming on stream, definitely the UK government may be able to collect more. Yeah, real quick, the important distinction is also that they're targeting the big boys, the Googles, the Facebooks, yeah. and they're not... They, this, uh, well, according to what's on paper right now, will should not affect the smaller digital startups. All right, we've got the opening numbers from Bursa Malaysia coming up to you in the 9 o'clock news bulletin with Sabrina Magdalene, next on BFM 89.9. Keeping you on track for peak business performance with the new Volvo XC40, the expression of innovation. Volvo, made by Sweden. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.